0: Is the former or the current Broncos tight end the one you want in 2022? What NFC South receiver makes for a nice buy low in dynasty drafts? And should Traylon Burks or Drake London be higher on your 2022 pre-NFL draft draft boards? Plus, multiple FFPC high stakes dynasty fantasy football league winner, uh, Mike Eisenberg is going to drop by. He's going to talk about DK Metcalf. Cam Acres and the Rotoviz Triflex Superflex Dynasty format and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your HSFF Hour starts now. Damn the pressure. I've seen greater men. Than Broadcast
1: live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by
0: MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis
1: from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available,
0: here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and Farrelliacs. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by my FFPC.com, I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, the incomparable Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in tonight. And I'm reminded, as I'm watching the Bucs play the Bulls and while we're doing the show tonight, I got my two-screen experience going, um, I'm reminded of the Bucks championship run last year. You and I were commentating, covering a pros versus Joes draft. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks were winning their first title in 50 years. And now here we are again, Bucks, um, you know, starting their trying to go back to back as best they could. But we get to talk about fantasy football, uh, not only with each other, but for with a very uh, highly successful fantasy football player at the high stakes level as, as well tonight.
1: Well, you know, and, and looking back on that Bucks win last year, um, I love the fact that you were in attendance, that you found a seat in that arena for that game and your excitement level for it. Was fantastic, and you know, Balky, you're
0: just a multi-sport fan and a grand guy. What else can you say? <laughs> yeah, I, thank you. You are way too guy. Fair, fair, the fair, Farrell at the nicest man in the business. Um, oh, yeah. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to get into a potential uh, rise in 2022 for Rashad Bateman. We're going to talk about what you need to be doing with Debo Samuel in your dynasty drafts, and quite frankly, how you should be handling them. In the best ball tournament as well, and as well as the KFFSC drafts that are going on, and of course, uh, Mike Eisenberg is going to come by uh, to talk a little bit about uh, his dynasty wins he's had, including at the road of his triflex superflex level, the twelve fifty level with the FFPC. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, from a dynasty perspective. Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, and much more. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at HSFFOUR. Uh, I'm at Eric Balkman. You can always check out Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at kffsc.com. Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. And, of course, you can email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you uh, have any questions for us, send them in now because we flipped the format a little bit this week. Um, so we're going to get to emails coming up in just a few seconds here. Uh, before we get to that, I want to thank our audio engineer and, uh, my best friend Bryce, and of course our producer and mutual friend, Rob, if you hadn't noticed the never too early best ball tournament has sold out no more leagues in that. However, the, uh, 2022 FFPC best ball tournament, um, is live draft starting May 1st, right after the, um, NFL draft and the grand prize has doubled from a hundred thousand dollars to $200,000. The prize pool is also nearly doubled. It's worth, uh, or we it got almost 1.1 million dollars in there. Um, week 16 and week 17 this year, 250 plus teams are going to divvy up 600 grand in cash. So it's going to be a very exciting tournament. 125 dollars to enter. You can enter that in right now at myffpc.com. We also have some live pre NFL draft dynasty leagues going on. Over the next several days, I think they end Wednesday. And then, of course, the uh, post-NFL draft slow drafts, uh, Maiden Dynasties, those have eight-hour timers, anywhere from $77 all the way up to $1,250. Those are available, myffpc.com. We're also down to two dynasty orphan teams left, both selling at a dollar. Make sure you're grabbing those. Football Guy's early bird promo is in effect. Sign up now uh, before June 30th. Draft your team before July 15th and you'll get a free $35 um, uh, team added to your account. We'll do that up to three times. If you're willing to do it three times, we're willing to do it three times as well. Uh, FFPC main event this year, uh, get in on the early bird. $100 off your first team, $500 off each additional team, million-dollar grand prize for the first time ever. That's exciting. Of course, not only plenty of slow, live, and sick, and go best ball options at myffpc.com, plenty of uh, best ball options as well as the Run to Daylight Championship available at kffsc.com. Uh, so check that out. Make sure you jump it in the main event there, too. Is it a record grand prize this year, Farrell, for the, for the main event? I think it is, right?
1: Although it pales in comparison to some of the fabulous numbers that Dave and Alex <laughs> have developed for us. But, yes, our 20th anniversary this year, Balky, we will lead with a $25,000 main event championship, where our
0: entry fee, if, if the listeners are not familiar with it, is $300. All right, so there you go. So if if you have not played Kentucky yet, Obviously, you can play online. Highly recommend getting to Cincinnati or especially Louisville, which I go to every year. So much fun to draft live uh, at uh, Caesars, uh, Southern Indiana there. It is so much fun. So hopefully we'll see you uh, in Louisville, and then we'll see you in Vegas uh, coming up uh, at the end of the summer. All right. So, Farrell, you pointed this out. I can't remember. I think it was off air last week. We have just been running out of time to get to emails. I'm flipping it this week because I've ignored these people long enough. We're doing emails first tonight.
1: Don't fantasy
0: it's all, it's all for the listeners fantasy feedback is kicking off the show for okay. i believe the first time ever uh this this uh in the in the show's history so we're going to kick things off with Lenny in Minneapolis right now and he wants to know should i roll with current Broncos tight end Albert Okupenam or the former Broncos tight end Noah Fant this season Noah Fant obviously in Seattle so let's just look at this from a um from the perspective of uh um a redraft. So I'm, and I'm going to bring up the, the never too early best ball figures. And I cite this and I always shout out Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com at Fantasy mojo on Twitter, who provides all this ADP for us, Albert Okuweppanown tight end 12 right now at the nine Oh two in the never too early tournament. And actually Noah fans tight end 15 at the 10 Oh three. So you can get open FFPC uh, players are valuing Okuweppanown higher than Fant, but Pharaoh is a worth, drafting around earlier we can get fans around later
1: i don't think he should be valued higher than Fant, but i don't have any problem with the value as him as, as with uncle albert as a 10th round pick uh he's a he's in his third year he's coming in with russell wilson and and the thing about this player he he joined the league at 20 years old he's only 23 right now so he's just fantastic developing athlete um we've seen that uh the biggest problem the offense in denver might be is how to keep everybody involved how to keep everybody happy there's a lot of names there that expect to catch balls they're humble players they haven't enjoyed the greatest of success at denver but they're expecting all to be russell wilson's favorite and what does russell wilson do with his legs he extends the play tight ends catch a lot of balls when you go through the uh Past progressions and you finally get to them and see them. Russell Wilson sees them, but he believes he can run around, get Judy open, get Sutton open, get Hamler open. That might affect his play. You go out um, looking at Noah Fant. Phan. Noah fant has been a 60-catch player um, for two years in a row. He takes his quarterback with him to Seattle. Um, I believe people are sleeping on Fan. I think he's going a little too late. If you go back to uh, – and everybody wants to talk about the quarterback, wants to talk about Drew Locke, and maybe the, he gets a new quarterback, but I don't think so. Drew Locke, if you go back to 2019, like we went down memory lane with Mitchell Trubisky, um, Locke was very, very successful in the limited play that he, he had that year. He had an offensive coordinator, um, as quarterback coach at San Francisco now, Sangarello, something like that. They were very successful, but that, that uh, OC was fired at the end of the season. Now he, uh, uh, Shane Waldron will be his guy, which we have celebrated on the show before. And I have talked ad nauseum about him. Uh, (laughs) Shane Waldron's kind of in the same boat there with Drew Locke. How do you keep all those pass catchers happy? But I think Noah Fant continues to do well with this quarterback and, and Waldron, Sangarello, they're very similar in their execution. Uh, I expect Noah Fant to continue to be a force at tight end in this league. So uh, Uncle Albert's going where he should. Noah Fant should be going up around Dawson Knox, uh, uh that territory, because he's going to give you those kind of numbers. Oh, Bucky, you've gone and frozen up. In such a beautiful, um, it's, it's such a beautiful profile that we're catching there of you. It is fantastic um we haven't had this issue for a while and hopefully you're hearing me you can you can give me a a, a text or something if you are that uh that <laughs> maybe you froze up with too long of a tight end but you know in the ffpc yeah uh, you, you can't talk long enough about the tight ends uh, in this situation that you have uh, uh uncle albert He doesn't have a lot of pass catching experience tight ends behind him, but I've often thought that Denver uh, just might pull the trigger in the draft to find some more depth at the position behind him. Uh, Let me move on to uh, a couple of other questions. There's been a a commentary uh, that we got in a previous email. I'm not sure where it it came from. Uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, running back, Michigan State, as opposed to Isaiah Spiller, who should be having the who should be having the draft capital spent on them. Currently, it's Walker. Uh, when Balky returns, he'll tell us what uh, Armani's mojo is on that. But uh, I think what we could do here is turn to uh, the people that watch college football for a living, Kenneth Walker. Um, won the Doak Walker award, won the Walter camp award and was the big 10 player of the year. Uh, the uh, Doke Walker is for the uh, nation's top running back. The Walter camp is for the player of the year and big 10 player of the year speaks for itself. Um, then he goes on to the combine where he turns at a four, three, eight. That was the third top speed. Uh, I think Bryce Hall ran a four, three, eight as well. Isaiah uh, Pachinko, Pacheco from Rutgers, I'm probably ruining that name, and Pierre Strong, a player that I've admired for a great time from uh, uh, South Dakota State, those uh, uh, those players ran a 4-3-7. So, so those players were faster, but it's hard to get faster than a 4-3-8 at the Combine. Now, Spiller did not run at the Combine. Spiller, uh, uh, college football writers and people that follow uh, – college football found that he was an all sec player, albeit second team sec running back. Uh, then when he did have his pro day Spillers checked in at a four, six, four. So you've got to think, uh, and I, it appears bulky has returned. <laughs> I have, I'm
0: sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I've been going through uh, Spiller and, and, uh, Walker comparison. If you haven't heard any of it, and I'm just about ready to finish up. Uh, uh I'll say this, uh, Spiller, uh, a four six four. Uh, his agent uh, Rocky Arsenault said that uh, he had not had time to prepare due to a shoulder injury, and it's hard to prepare when your body is is hurting. Uh, he doesn't seem to be engaged. He seems to be a little disinterested. Uh, one of the things I've noticed uh, in watching the media, Balky, is is uh, especially on Good Morning Football, where a lot of rookie players are coming through the studio, both live and uh, uh, virtually is that they're very engaged and they're very, very happy to be there. And it's been a blast watching them and they're very articulate about what the NFL expects of them and what they wish to bring to the NFL. Spiller was an exception like that. And, Bonkielf, you know, if you can't get excited talking to Kay Adams, you might be in the
0: wrong business. Yeah, that's true. And you've said that before, and I've always backed you up on that for sure. <laughs> yes. um, you know what's funny is um, I, I've always kind of – I I I tricked myself. I don't want to say I tricked myself, but I've always had um, an affinity for Isaiah Spiller from a fantasy standpoint. Right? Um, I thought he was pretty athletic. He caught a lot of passes um, mm-hmm. in the SEC, which is always pretty valuable for me as I you know look at what kind of running backs I want to add under my dynasty roster. Here's what. as so I was researching it more because it certainly seemed like I was in the minority, right, in putting Spiller as my number two running back over Walker. And anytime I get that, I always want to investigate, like, well, what am I missing here? And I looked at it, and I know Kenneth Walker did not catch a lot of passes at Michigan State, which isn't necessarily a death knell, right? Jonathan Taylor didn't catch a ton at Wisconsin, and he was just fine. Melvin Gordon didn't catch a ton um, at Wisconsin. He was just fine. I had no idea, once I delved into the numbers, that the relative athletic score and how elite of an athlete Kenneth Walker is blew me away. Um, and I think at this point, to me, I'm kind of the opinion that um he is my number two running back. I've joined the crowd. I'm in, I'm I'm on the bandwagon for Kenneth Walker as as my number two running back on uh, this class. And I'm dropping Spiller to three. Now, here's the disclaimer. I reserve the right to change my mind based on landing spot, right? You know, and, and, oh, and we'll wow. find out what the what, what the draft goes but from a pure athletic talent standpoint. I'm on board with Kenneth Walker over Spiller. I for think sure. our
1: listener, the right question might have been uh, Hall versus Walker. And then we couldn't debate it. Do you back.
0: think it's that? Cl- see, I think Hall is just, he is significantly better than Walker for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he may be. and and But uh, both of them, once they get to the NFL, we'll see where the development takes them. I think they both have unlimited potential and a very, very high, ce- high ceiling. Uh is going to have to surprise me because there's a lot of 4'6", four, 4'7", four, 40 running backs that have played in the NFL for years and can continue to play. He's going to have to take a job away from
0: someone uh, with that kind of speed. Um, I, much as I love to keep talking rookies, yeah. I want to get to our guest right now. And I apologize. We'll get to more emails later on. Um, but I am going to bring in tonight's guest. He's played fantasy football. For more than two decades, he played. Uh, it, it started playing with the FFPC and high-stakes leagues almost a decade ago. He's been competing in dynasty leagues at the FFPC, the Football Guys Players Championship, and of course the Football Guys in the FFPC Playoff Challenges. Over the course of his career, he's won more than twenty-five thousand dollars in prizes. Most recently, last year in the twelve-fifty FFPC Rotoviz TriFlex uh, Superflex Dynasty League number twenty-eight, won that one. He says he's the FFPC everyman, or more of an FFPC everyman. I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's he's not. It he has not changed his his lifestyle um, to play and you know numerous and tons of of leagues in the FFPC. But he says he's a committed hobbyist, loves the high competition, um, dabbles in pretty much everything when assessing players and building rosters, analytics, roster construction, film watching, NFL history, does it all. Um, and he says he classifies himself more as a dolphin among the Sharks, which they can be pretty elite, too. Um, he's a constantly recovering hero to zero RB addict, and he's here to share his insight on numerous veteran players as well as his plans for his 2022 rookie draft picks. Please welcome into the program Mike Eisenberg. Mike, thanks so much for making some time for us tonight, man. Hey, guys. How's it
2: going? Thanks for well, the intro.
0: Oh, well, listen, it, I, it 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 sells itself, right? I mean, you yeah. just uh, – th- this is um something that's exciting because – um, to, to bring you on at a time when, you know, everybody's so um, rookie hungry, right? And we're all, we're, we're thirsting after the rookies, but I think it's, it's important to understand that, you know, dynasty is a 365 day thing and um, you shouldn't lose the veterans in that, especially the way that the veterans value is going to change after That's we get through the NFL draft.
2: Absolutely. And uh, it's funny. I've I, I been probably listening to a lot of podcasts, yours included, and I just, you know, tabulate the rookie stuff. But I haven't done any real diligence yet because it's it's all going to change in draft time. And right. I just don't find that a good use of my time. It's I'd rather just wait. And I, and I generally focus probably more on veterans. I trade a lot of my rookie picks away, not all of them. It's not like I have to do that, but I do do it quite a bit. Actually.
0: Do you do you follow or watch college football at all during the season, no, Mike? Not no, at all. nothing. Not at all. Are so you? Good.
2: I'm bringing all these folks in just from objective analysis. I have no real opinions. <laughs> I will watch. I will watch, uh, you know, five or ten minutes of videos on the top twenty players or so, so I can get a feel for what I see of them. But that won't happen until after the draft.
0: Um, when you're not winning FFPC dynasty leagues, what are you doing for a living, Mike? Uh, well, I'm a
2: Husband, father, grandfather, and I uh, sell video games.
1: Sell so video game. games? Yeah, I do. What was that? Roll that back, Boggy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a grandfather. grandfather
0: that sells video games. That's, That's the only right. part you need to right. know. believe
1: any of this. This isn't, <laughs> God, this isn't a real thing. Nobody. We, we're going to have to test that. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Fair we enough. Some fact checkers. I'll send you some <laughs> pictures. <laughs> I need fact checkers. I need, I, I need more people to talk to me about the fabulous Las Vegas Raiders because every time I looked up during NFL free agency and mind you, we're not over, but every time I looked up, I saw very interesting additions and naturally everyone wants to talk about wide receiver Adams. And that's what I want you to talk about. What, uh, not perhaps what Adams does. We know he's going to be great. We know Carr's going to be great with him. How does it affect the other players, namely Jacobs? And there's been a lot of additions, especially coming from New England, uh, including a new fullback in the Raiders' backfield, and I'm sure you're up to date on that. Any of that you want to talk about, you certainly can. Uh, Josh Jacobs, to me, was a, a steady Eddie last year. And for, and for best ball, um, I I don't know if that's the kind of player he nationally won. He, he, but he put up good numbers. He scored good numbers. What's he going to do this year, Josh Jacobs, yeah. changes it's- in the Raiders?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a great question because you can make the case for probably either side. Um, I would say it's a net neutral to maybe slightly down for him. And here's my my logic. Um, first of all, Devontae Adams is going to make the the offense better. And then Waller was out a lot of last year, too. So you're getting two major uh, weapons into back into the offense, which is only going to help Carr and the entire offense convert and score touchdowns. So I think that'll help Jacobs. Um, he's... I feel like he's one of the more under, I, I agree with what you said, Farrell, but I think he's still underrated though, because mm. he had 52 receptions last year, which I was actually, you know, I was you know doing some homework and stuff. Yep. I was surprised it was that high. I knew he caught a decent amount of passes, but that was by far his career high. So my fear is, is that having Adams will cut into that because he's such a target hog. You know, they have the shower narrative between him and Carr. So I, I think it's going to probably be a pretty close, but I think it's going to be a net decline for him. The person I'm really interested in seeing is Hunter Renfro, who kind of also closet just had some, a great year last year. I just can't see that sustaining um, with Adams and Wallerback.
1: I definitely agree with you with Renfro. Jacobs with scoring the ball, especially with the fullback addition and Jacob Johnson that I really, really like that's been missing from this offense. Yeah. Uh, They had a fullback, but he was not the pounder that, that, uh, that Johnson is. Can you see the Raiders being in the red zone more often, being more successful in the red zone Absolutely. with Jacobs running the ball?
2: Absolutely. And that's why I said it. you could look at it either way. Um, he had nine touch rushing touchdowns last year, which is pretty good. Yeah. But so, you know, maybe he gets to 12 or 15. But I, The other thing I thought was interesting is he had no receiving touchdowns last year, which on yeah. 50 receptions, you'd think he'd get a couple. So that's probably regression for the positive they,
0: side. Yeah, They all went to Renfro.
1: <laughs>
2: they, they did all go through yeah. for all yeah.
0: um currently in ffpc dynasty startup please josh jacobs is running back 19 off the board he's going at the 409 that's right around the he's going right essentially right before david montgomery and aaron jones he's going behind uh travis Etienne and kenneth walker so those yeah. two um I guess etn's not a rookie, but the second-year player ETN and Walker are going about a half round to a full round ahead of them, and then it's uh, Josh Jacobs. Let's talk about D.K. Metcalf here because, uh, you know, speaking of dynasty, this is a player that you, you, you want to get dialed in on because we've heard rumors of him potentially being traded because it looks like Seattle might be going through somewhat of a rebuild. Uh, we've also heard that Pete Carroll loves him. Well, Pete Carroll loves everybody, so I don't know how much we can <laughs> take. We take that with a grain of salt, but but at except the same time, except for Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas, who might be making a comeback too, which is crazy. Yeah, I saw that. Um saw uh, that. Yeah. so so it probably won't be in Seattle. So um i I'm, it's weird because um they want to yeah. keep Metcalf, yet they haven't signed him to any kind of extension. So, Mike, as you look at this as, as DK Metcalf owner, what 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 are you rooting for here? Do you want him to stay in Seattle, not knowing exactly? what's going to happen in the near and distant future at the quarterback position there, or would you like to see him get moved now, a team extend him, a team that's willing to give up draft capital and money for him. So, you know, he's going to be a big part of the offense.
2: Yeah. Another good question that could go either way. I will take a a semi stand on this one. Um, I think I'd like him to stay, but I don't want drew lock to be the quarterback. So uh, I was looking, (laughs) he actually did 20% better with Geno Smith last year in the three games they played that he did with Russell Wilson which I was wow. surprised. Um and you know he's such an alpha both in personality, physique and just the way he plays. They're going to feed him. So as long as the the passing offense is at least moderate, I think he'll be just fine. So the 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 other side which obviously if he gets traded to somewhere like Kansas City, he would much rather have that, but you know, what happens if he gets traded to the New York Jets? Or so that I think that could actually be worse. Uh me personally than staying and playing with Geno Smith or maybe, you know, maybe they pick uh, uh, what's his name? Willis in the draft, or maybe they get Baker Mayfield. I, I don't know, but uh, I just think the drew lock is the disaster scenario based on what he did with Sutton and just, you know, his general incompetence, I think as a quarterback. So.
1: No drew lock love. <laughs> none. none. Um, a quarterback also that, doesn't get much love and i think he deserves more appears to uh, finally have be the guy in new orleans It's Jameis winston uh a guy he could be throwing to is is michael thomas who i've stayed clear in all formats but what's the long-term dynasty thought on this player uh would you acquire him the uh, the by uh, buy low because it's the time to do it and where where would he fit in upcoming uh first year maiden dynasty voyages
2: yeah that's a that's a another great question Farrell. um for me i'm a i'm about a 50 percent owner of michael thomas so you're Mm. asking for from a you're not buying low for me i've put in two years of of pain and misery and and just the way (laughs) the situation unfolded it made it really hard i couldn't do anything because you're waiting to see what's going to happen the uncertainty you know you're not going to trade him low a guy who's been his first four years he was never lower than seven so i was like that's huge upside and you know what i've waited two years to see it again i I may go down burning (laughs) and i've got some really low ball offers you know late first maybe early second i'm i'm not trading it for that not for that upside i'd rather just see him to the end of his career. And if he, if he flames out, but I agree with you, Farrell, Jameis is very underrated. He supports a lot of high wide receiver performers. And I, I feel good about it. I think he's going to be like uh Metcalf. He's got that alpha personality. He's going to be a target hog. So even if the offense takes a step back with, you know, with Peyton gone, um, I still think Thomas is going to get fed. So I'm, it, I'm, I'm holding.
0: You know, what's crazy about that. And I'm just looking at the, the dynasty ADP startup. Michael Thomas is. I, I know he's twenty. He just turned twenty nine. I so I know he's he's not exactly the youngest cat in the room. But Michael Thomas, wide receiver forty three in the ninth round. I mean, he's going after. No offense, Farrell. He's going after Chase Claypool, Gabriel Davis, Kadarius Tony. Uh, he's going before Brandon Cooks, Christian Watson. I mean, I I take a chance. Dynasty started Michael Thomas, wide receiver forty three. I can get on board with that yes. um, yeah. for sure. Mike, let's go to the chat room right now. Hudson Kern-Reeve, our resident Ivy League professor, wants to know who your top sell-high running back is. Is there a running back right now as you look at the lay of the land uh, that that you would say, you know what, this is a guy that his value is going to go down this year. I want to get him off my roster. I want to get what I can for him right now. Is there anybody out there for you like that at the running back position?
2: I think it's J.K. Dobbins. I've unloaded several J.K. Dobbins shares. And it's not because I don't think he's good. I just don't know if he's going to get the opportunity in Baltimore. And I feel like this is his last year. If he doesn't, his value is going to plummet 10 or 15 spots. So it's again, it's not that I don't like him as a player. I do. I think he's actually pretty good. I just don't know if he's going to get the opportunity in uh, Baltimore.
0: Yeah, and it seems like Baltimore is always rumored to be, oh, they're looking at this guy. They yeah, they're the guy Melvin at Gordon
2: recently. And I was like, yeah. that was the final straw for me. I'm like, all right, now they're looking at Melvin Gordon, too. And, uh, you know, when Gus Edwards was there, who, all, you know, I guess is coming also coming back from an injury, but he's just, you know, he's that pounder who just takes so many touches away from Dobbins. So I was surprised that near uh, that they didn't use him more because he looked so good. I, every time I watch him, I'm like, wow, that guy's really good, but they just don't give him the, the touches like like I'd like to, so that would be my uh, running back sell high. Um, right.
0: Speaking of running backs, it's hard to sell high in Saquon Barkley right now. In fact, if you look at the Dynasty ADP for startup drafts, Barkley, a guy who just a year or two ago was like a top three overall pick, not only in Dynasty redraft, he's 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 tumbled the running back twelve at the three hundred two. That's Dynasty uh, right now. So as as you look at, at Saquon Barkley. Would you advise people who have him on their rosters just eat the loss and get rid of him, hold him, see what happens this year in that Giants offense, or maybe he gets traded? That there's still that possibility, or would you try to grab him at a discount right now off somebody else's team?
2: <laughs> you're going through my roster and seeing all my devaluing <laughs> players. Like I, I'm surprised you're not going to pull out Calvin Ridley soon too. That's another. Oh one. yeah, let's let's let's,
0: just, go, let's run the just gamut. You hit me with gamut. all these.
2: No, but uh, it's funny. So, again, I'm just going to tell you what I've done because I have a couple shares of Barkley as well. Um, I've been trying to sell him for two years. And the value that he was being his the, being portrayed on, you know, expert sites and stuff was not what the market was. No one would trade him. I was trying, you know, play, trades like J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers at a first or something. Couldn't get any of that. And no one wanted. So, I again, I just held based on the upside. Very similar to Thomas to me. Um, I'm very interested to see what Dable does with him. Um, Maybe they trade him, but I I think they're going to hold on to him this year. Um, He is a great receiver. Although I would expect him to be more like 2019 Barkley. If he comes back, which was, you know, late, uh, late RB one, not the number one. What, like he was in 2018. I just don't see that happening. I remember they were really force feeding him the ball every time. And it was, I think it was Manning's last year. And I, you know, we haven't seen that kind of target volume to him. So. I'm going to hold and see what he's, what kind of upside he's got. He is a great enough receiver that he can probably last two or three more years that, at a productive level if he doesn't get hurt. And he's probably due not to get hurt after getting hurt so often in his first few years. So I'm I'm am a hold guy on that one.
1: I you know if you want encouragement on that on that Barkley, uh, you know NFL Network's been running some rookie showcases uh, well-known players uh, from their rookie season, and uh, the Giants were. Uh, showcasing a Barkley uh, a game with, uh, it was just fantastic. He looked like a million bucks. And, you know, he's talking a good game, yeah. and he's got a chip on both shoulders. Yeah, and he's ready not. to come back. So if if there was ever a player that I would keep holding on to, that would, that would be the yeah. guy, because this could definitely uh, be the year. Help me with this. I am in a best ball, um, a small little uh, Self-contained twelve-team league. I'm in the third round, and I had the opportunity to take Acres at the three-two, and I didn't do it. And and it's not because Balky and I have talked about it before. I I'm a believer um, uh, in in the other running back, Balky number twenty-seven. The kid from Baseville, Mississippi. What's his name? The other running back, Daryl Henderson. Old. Yeah, Daryl <laughs> Henderson. Uh, you know, so I'm a big Henderson guy. Although sometimes I forget his name. My point is. <laughs> Am I right about Bakers, uh, Akers? We saw so little of him last year. What do you do with him, and, and how do you like him? And and I will point out that I, I watched this week the touchdown drive that won the, the Super Bowl for the Rams, and he was featured not only as a rusher but in the passing game, and he wasn't with, and it wasn't called. But that's a whole other story. Acres, do you – Am I just, uh, I'd like to know, I'd like some clarity on him uh, for, for all formats. And then I'd like to tell me what you think of uh, Daryl Henderson. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I like Daryl
2: Henderson as well. I've had him in some, but he, he doesn't have a great market. I I don't understand why they don't use him more. I feel like he's looked really good. Maybe he's just not up for the workload role, uh, the workhorse role. Maybe that's McVay, but Anyway, regardless, I'll answer the Acres question. I'm really torn on Acres myself as well. Um, I've traded him away. I've acquired him based on the prices that I see. Um, I'm not as concerned on the Achilles as everyone else seems to be. It seems like plenty of athletes are coming back from that. I know Foreman and uh, Mac looked fine last year. He came back after five months. Um, didn't look great in the in the playoff run, although he did show flashes. But neither did Sony. I was looking at Sony Michel's stats. He, he didn't look too great either, and he's a pretty good running back. So um yeah i i think he's going to be fine um the one thing that i'm uncertain with him about is when he was healthy in year one he really didn't flash till late so he didn't he looked kind of mediocre the first part of the year and, that, and henderson i actually think was the starter most of that year until the end of the year that makes me a little concerned more on that than it was the achilles so um my gut tells me he's going to be fine and he is a great prospect and he'll do well. And he's shown flashes and it seems like McVay believes in him, but I don't know that for sure. Um,
1: so, you wouldn't yeah. spend a third round draft pick on it.
2: Um, in a redraft. But I, I, it depends on who's on the board, but I wouldn't jump at it. It would have to well, be, uh,
1: you know, who's going to be there.
2: <laughs> That's you, true. You know. but, yeah. So who, who, let me ask you another question. Who would be your next choice if it wasn't him?
1: I don't know because I went all three receivers in the Kentucky oh. way where you must start. I just you had sound you like me, Farrell. That's how I draft. Exactly. <laughs> I, I made the odd choice of uh, stacking through three rounds: uh, Tyreek Hill and
0: uh, Waddle, just to prove right. that it could be done. Oh, you really? Know, oh, that's, really? Oh, that's a
1: that was an it's interesting. On them, on the yeah. way.
0: Um, I can tell you guys in the in the FFPC never too best uh, never too early best ball tournament. Um, yeah, Cam anchors running back sixteen. Um, right after him, the next running back on average going was James Connor uh, out of Arizona, followed by Brees Hall and then the guy we talked about earlier in Josh Jacobs. So that and they're kind of glo- going in a glut of like the mid to the late third yeah. round there for, yeah. for, for the best ball tournament. I would um
2: then pick acres in front of those three or four people that you just named. So. yeah,
0: I don't I don't really I mean Hall, I, I guess like the the FOMO in me is like, <laughs> oh, I, I'll take Brees Hall over Cam Akers just yeah. for the unknown. But yeah, I mean, I'd take him over Connor, and I pro, I probably, I probably take him over Jacobs just because you know Jacobs
1: plays for the Raiders, right? I understand
0: that, and I probably yes, yes, I'm well aware. Um, I I probably take him over Jacobs because, and I'll penalize Jacobs for his consistency because you want the spike weeks, you know. And I think Acres is maybe a little bit more prone to spike weeks than, than Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah. So if, if Jacobs, Farrell, if he could be a little bit more unreliable, I probably would take him. There you go. The we don't Waker. want that reliability. Gonna, yes, we, we're going to spin it that no way. way. And that's, that's that's just, if only Josh Jacobs could not show up for work on time all the time <laughs> and perform as well as he did, I'd, I'd be more prone to take him. Um, Antonio Gibson, let's talk about him uh, here a little bit. Mike, um, JD McKissick looked like he's going to Buffalo. Changed his mind. He's going back to the nation's capital. So knowing that McKissick and Gibson are back for the commanders this year, are we, should we expect just another, um, what we saw in 2021 of Gibson or maybe a little bit more in 2022? I'd love it
2: to be a little bit more in 2022. I just can't make the case to myself. Um, You know, he's, uh, McKissick's averaged about six targets a game over the past two years when he's played. And that's just capping Gibson's upside. I don't know how he would get more upside. Now, the one, again, kind of like what we talked about with Devontae Adams, I do think Carson Wentz, <laughs> I hate to say this, but Carson Wentz is going to improve that offense uh, versus the the dredge they've had at quarterbacks the last two years. So I do think that could help Gibson maybe in some scoring, uh, some more scoring opportunities. But I don't think his receiving work is going to change at all. Um, McKissick, they went and grabbed him. He was, I think he was all but signed with Buffalo, right? And then they went and invested and brought him back. So I don't know why they would do that if they weren't planning on using him. So I I don't have as much as I have a lot of Gibson and I want him to have that upside. I don't think it's coming this year, unfortunately.
1: And McKissick can catch that ball. Unlike our aforementioned Jacobs he can catch <laughs> that ball and find that end zone. Uh, you know, Mike, I mean, this sounds like something I would do when I've had a little, too much bourbon here it would be to log on and join something called the 1250 and fifty dollar Rotoviz triflex <laughs> super Flex number 28. you know anyway what did i do you know first of all tell me what is what it is yeah you know, and then then tell me what you like best about the format and you know obviously you're just out there looking for a challenge and and to pay for some of those grandkids college education uh, what's your grandkids' first name?
2: What's that? Lucas what's grandkids name? Lucas,
1: Patrick, and Owen. Uh, he, he handled that pretty well. Yeah, you're trying to test <laughs> me. Oh, that was good. That was good. I guess it's a real thing. Uh, the <laughs> Roto-Viz tri Superflex is right. a real thing. What? How'd you win it? Why'd you join it? And what do you like about it?
2: Um, I joined it. I've been trying to get into more super flex um, because sure. that's the trend. And and I really like, you know, I, I think having quarterbacks at the forefront of fantasy is really important. And I I, will, I like that trend. um And I think they've also evolved to make it. So there's more ways you can build your team and have an impact, you know, in the one QB league, which I do a fair amount of. And I still like it. Uh, if you get it, if you get if you're good enough or fortunate enough to. Get one of the top running backs or one of the top tight ends. You have such an advantage; it's really hard to beat that. But in in the Rotoviz format, there's three wide receivers in the starting lineup. There's two more flexes, so you get up to f- you could go up to five wide receivers if you want. One tight end, one QB, and then no defense or yeah. kicker. So it's a very progressive league in terms of the trends of fantasy football, and I really like that. And as a you know a zero RB guy, I could have I have so many wide receivers. I really invested in the wide receiver team. Which helped me win. I had Kyler Murray and then Gronk. Gronk came in. You know, he's a scrap heap type of tight end with a lot of upside, and he, he actually helped me quite a bit this year. He
1: sure did. Yeah. So it was.
2: Uh, and the thing I love about that particular league is there's so many sharks in that league. It's uh It's some of the best players that I've come into contact with. So the dolphin prevailed in this particular year. He outsmarted all the sharks. It was it made it much more. It was very satisfying to to beat that crew of people, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: The, the Dolphin reigns supreme, reigns supreme. Congratulations on that. Okay. Dol, dolphin looking to go back to back in the 1250 number 28. So good luck there. A um, couple of emails for you, Mike. Uh, Larry in Long Branch, New Jersey. Can you give me any insight into what I should be doing with Debo Samuel in my dynasty leagues right now? This is kind of compelling stuff. Um, it, I, I think the latest report, Ian Rappaport was on Pat McAfee's show and said, he, he told the Niners specifically, do not offer me yeah. a contract. I just want out. Craziness. Um, we, we saw what happened in Green Bay. I never thought I'd see the day Devontae Adams would be wearing a different jersey, and now he's in Las Vegas. And and so I anything's possible at this point. As a high-stakes fantasy football owner who plays Dynasty, what advice would you give those players right now if they have Debo Samuel?
2: Yeah, it's uh well, I'm gonna be very consistent across the board. I, I don't think you can sell him now because you don't know what you're, well, unless you're going to get fair value for him, which I don't know who's going to give you that with this uncertainty. Right. I think this could be a lot of noise. You know, this is contract negotiations. It's wide receivers. Debo wants to get paid. I understand why he's injury prone. You know, he hasn't got paid yet. And he he's playing a role that probably is going to put him quite a bit in harm's way. I think he had like 60 or 70 carries last year. So I, I think it's a lot of bluster me personally, maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, I'm going to hold, I have him in the league that I just want I have him in that league. I'm holding him. I was looking at his stats. It's like 1400 receiving yards. Even if, even if the run rushing goes away, he's still really, really talented. And he's such a, you know, just such a, uh, he seems to be the type of receiver the modern NFL likes. And I'm just going to hold on to him.
0: And, and, and I'll say this too. Like if, if you were looking and again, this is a little speculation. We always say, listen, if, if you're wondering about a player, in your league, ask that owner, like talk with that owner, because you never, everybody values players differently. Yeah. But as far as you can tell right now, if you were to, in your FFPC dynasty, if you were to go out and try to get Devo Samuel, you don't expect that owner to give you much of a discount right now.
2: I don't think so. I think they're going to be like the Michael Thomas owner, you know, it's just the people that are just, you're either in or you're out and you're holding on and you, you know, it's too hard to get players like that. So when you have one, you gotta, you gotta, whether the storm, I think, and and I will, even if I went up losing it, you know, what are you going to trade them for a, a draft pick? And then who knows what you're getting? So, yeah,
0: that's true. That's, that's my
2: approach, but uh, you know, everyone's different with that. So, yeah, I, I was actually thinking about whether I should try and unload Samuel and I decided not to, I want to hold on to him. Did oh, there you you go. Get
1: him didn't you get him rather cheaply? Uh, I did. Oh, I thought him? I did. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. It
2: was a good price and I, I was real happy and he helped me. He contributed to my championship as well.
1: You know, guys, when you look at a situation of what's been taken away from that team, both in talent uh, and in coaching talent, and a lot of things are changing uh, with that team, and, uh, you know, maybe he's a player that just doesn't want to uh, live in a small place uh, in – California and pay a lot of money for it and pay a lot of taxes <laughs> and be, have to carry the ball. And You don't and have it, to tell I'll me that for me I'm
2: leaving it. at the same spot. I'm going back to the Midwest uh, in about a month and a half.
1: So. Well, we'll be glad to have you. And, you know, <laughs> it, it, at the end of the day, um, here's a player that everybody loves the unique aspect of Debo Samuel. And, and I had so many agents say this player could be a Debo Samuel. And now I tell them, I say, Debo Samuel doesn't even want to be. <laughs> and so, and so um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I think this is a real thing about him. Okay. I don't think it's a negotiation tactic. That's my okay. bad. That's But
2: my a, But are, maybe not, but are they going to trade him? It sounds like. Yeah, not well, they, you know. If, say you're bad, them, if I'm them, bad. I wouldn't trade
0: him. So. So, uh,
1: you know what? You haven't watched any college football. This year, but boy, (laughs) Thursday night will be very exciting for you
0: for your Debo Samuel. Yeah, what's the over-under on how many times Debo Samuel's name is mentioned on Thursday night? Oh, wow. I I don't even know if you said it. 11, 12, something like that? Maybe more. I don't know. Um, One more email here before uh, Farrell has one final question for you, Mike. Um, This, ironically, is for Mike. In Cleveland, are you the type of dynasty player that likes to collect picks? or trade them away for more proven assets. Congrats on the 2021 title. Mike in Cleveland, you kind of alluded to this earlier. I think you're more of the latter, where you don't usually keep the dynasty rookie picks around, Mike. Why is that?
2: Um, I I just feel like I can get good value. I think they're overvalued in general. I mean, there's definitely the case that you could build a – I mean, I've seen some of the best teams I've ever seen are people who manage their draft picks well. Um, I'm one a little probably more risk-averse, so I like to – cash in for a proven player if i can and sometimes you can get great discounts uh, on those players like a debo Samuel um I, I just picked up um uh acres actually and uh, and i got juju with him for a draft pick so again really? people really paying for those 23 i'm like you know what i want to keep it and i don't i have no first round draft picks this year <laughs> <laughs> on any of my dynasty squads i was <laughs> looking at that today and a part of that was concerted effort because i knew that 20 well I believe that the 22 class was not going to be as great. It seems to be turning out that way, but you never know. You know, sometimes you, you, you take that leap, but it's not true. I think the year prior, they were saying the same thing. It was a great class. So, um, yeah, no, I, I like to cash in for proven players and, you know, ones that are maybe a little undervalued and, and with draft picks that I think are a little overvalued.
1: Well, follow that up then. Give me one particularly that you want to get rid of. That you wouldn't want to have anything to do with, uh, and and someone you would be, so someone you want to sell, and somebody you would want to buy low. And before you start that, I need a quick answer to this question. I'm looking, I'm looking for lots of help. Dynasty is new to me. Uh, I had a first round pick, the fifth pick of the first round. I traded him for Michael Pittman. Nobody will tell me that I did the right thing. But, uh, did I do the right thing, Mike?
2: For the a rookie, 105.
1: Yes. Oh,
2: yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I think Michael Pittman's arrows point. Been...
1: I don't have to ask anybody else again yeah. or again. Okay. So I... the two players. Who are the two players.
2: Okay. Well, I'm about to commit fantasy FFPC heresy with my <laughs> cell campaign. <candidate. laughs> and that's uh, Mr. CD Lamb. Um, okay. I just, well, oh, he's, gr- he's a very good player. So again, kind of like Dobbins, I feel the same way. He's the number three wide receiver. He's only been a, he's been two years. He's been a uh, late RB, or RB, late wide receiver two, twice. The situation, he's had a good situation where, you know, he's had some injuries to some of his contemporaries. He's had that, that Prescott healthy. I I just don't see it. I, I just don't understand why he's uh, so high. Uh, I'd rather have like a, you know, if you look at ADP, you could probably get like a Stefan Diggs and a first rounder or Tyree Kill in the first round, I'd much rather would have that. And uh, I actually traded him last year. My only share of him, I traded for uh, Devontae Smith and Antonio Gibson, one of our mm. favorite discussion. And I'm right. really happy with – I mean, Devontae Smith was only 10 slots behind him last year for, as his rookie. And I, I feel like he can equal C.D. Lamb, and then I get Antonio Gibson on top. So I was really happy with that trade. So, again, I, I just think it's a good player that's way overvalued. I'm not sure I'm understanding why. That's why I'd be selling him.
0: Is it, is there a player that that you don't understand why he's being undervalued right now? Like any anybody out there? Like man, well, I, I gotta I gotta get this guy in my squad. There is a player.
2: I I understand why he's undervalued. I just don't agree with it. Um, and that's Brandon Cooks. Oh yeah. I, I also was yeah. thinking Mike Evans, and it's basically the same phenomenon, which is twenty eight year old wide receiver, twenty nine year old, but they're like two like twenty slots versus their performance versus their ADP. You know, Brandon Cooks is I think was the wide receiver forty four and. I was there looking is. on, uh, and he he's been the number eleven in points the last two two years combined. If you combine those two years, so you know that's how. When I've had success, it's getting the wide receiver two in my fourth flex spot and third flex spot. And Brandon Cooks is the type of player that would really drive that those positions for me. Yeah, so he's, he's the type of... Mike Evans uh, would also fit.
0: Yep, um, <laughs> and and uh, the player that really drives the type of of viewership and listenership to this show. Is indeed Mike Eisenberg, the champion of the twelve fifty dynasty, number twenty eight Rodevins Triflex Superflex um, twenty five thousand dollars winner in his FFPC high stakes career. Uh, thanks so much for popping aboard tonight. Good nice luck with the move back to uh, the Midwest, where 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 we we just love living here. Obviously, yes. it's 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 going to be great um and uh good luck this season in, in enjoy the nfl draft and and enjoy your dynasty uh, rookie drafts coming up for the picks that you still have uh in those <laughs> leagues and uh good luck in all your leagues this year man this is a treat thanks for joining us all tonight. right thanks guys appreciate it take care mike eisenberg Bye. ladies and gentlemen the uh what what you know I, great stuff from him um mm-hmm. with i think a lot of people think that i think just the um the the disclaimer is oh you want to play dynasty football you got to know rookies and you got to do you know uh, all this research into rookie picks and rookie drafts well mike's living proof of like you know what the hell with it you guys take my rookie picks i'll take the proven players and now he wins these leagues doing just that pharaoh a million different ways to win
1: yeah well he he could be the general manager of the los angeles rams it's the same philosophy. <laughs> yeah. blank them yeah. picks yeah don't, them need picks. Them.
0: don't need them i uh, no, i don't know a- absolutely um were you are you of the same cuz i know you're you're obviously you got a, a a couple years in for dynasty fantasy football now right yeah. one. um one year okay do you, you share his philosophy on Brandon Cooks in Houston yeah
1: i like Brandon Cooks everywhere cuz i like his quarterback i like the fact that they're going to lose a lot need to throw a lot they're going to need to be competitive i like the coaching staff uh, i like everything about it
0: um, I like that we have some time yet to answer some more emails. Ooh, so nice let's out. go, let's go back to it. We don't talk quarterbacks a whole lot on this show, but ironically, um, Mike is moving back to Illinois. So let's go to Illinois, Jared in summit, Illinois, dear Balky and Farrell. Now that Tom Brady's back, I'm considering moving him ahead of Matthew Stafford on my draft board. Is that a wise move given the new head coach in Tampa? Appreciate what you do guys. That's Jared in summit, Illinois. I think the report I saw like right away when bowls took over and Farrell, you probably know probably know this better than anybody. It always seems like when new coaches get hired or or, or new OCs in place, what do they always say? Oh, we're going to run the football. We gotta we gotta we gotta establish the run. We're gonna you know it, you know put our dominance on the field. We're gonna run the football. And even Matt Lafleur um, in Green Bay, who I love, obviously, um, he he he'll pound the ball with Jones and Dylan successfully for a quarter, and then he just goes away from it. <laughs> I just I don't understand it. And I think when the really real bullets start flying out there, a lot of times uh, the run just gets abandoned. Tom Brady threw it a ton last year. He's going to throw it a ton this year. I, 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 you know, Brady and Stafford are fairly close for me. I have no problem if this guy likes Brady better than Stafford. Go ahead and do it. I think they're both going to put up good numbers again this year.
1: It's it's not really a question that matters. He he, at the end of the day, he could flip a coin. These are elite. quarterbacks that are at the top of their game in different ways. Uh, However, both of them share the fact that they are surrounded by elite athletes. Uh, Now, if we're talking dynasty, like we have talked so much, uh, uh, both players, uh, well, okay, let's talk about the Rams from a dynasty perspective. Any Ram that you have, if you believe in team building around that player, uh, you can, you, you might assume that the Rams have spent a lot of money, in free agency, since they don't have a lot of draft picks, but the Rams were the 30th team in payroll last year, uh, even though they won the Super Bowl, only two teams uh, spent less uh, than the Los Angeles Rams did. Now they are; they must catch up to their number, and they have over three years to do it. And that's conversation for another day. But my point is that, from a dynasty perspective. Uh, the Rams have an opportunity to continue to build the kind of franchise that they already have. But both these, you know, I, I don't know, flip a coin
0: on these guys. You'll be happy that you did whichever way it lands. Um, I, I, and right now I can tell you this, Brady is actually about a half round ahead of Stafford yeah. in the, in the never too early tournament that, uh, Brady about middle of the six Stafford end of the six right there. So flip a coin. Yeah. You know what I'm going to say is I'm going to wait, you know, and, and I'll just, if I'm you know dead set between these two guys, I'll just take the, the guy who's left when it comes to me and I'll be happy. And I'll tell you this, I'll have a ton of Brady. I'll have a ton of Stafford this year for sure. No doubt. Another question from the chat room, uh, Hudson Reeve wants to know where we personally rank Joe Burrow, among quarterbacks this year where we you and i Farrell, have joe burrow in our quarterback rankings and i'm just looking at it right now i would probably i would well not probably i would have him behind Allen, mahomes herbert jackson and then i think i would probably put him five on that list i, I would take him ahead of kyler murray um i'd probably take him ahead of tom brady although that's pretty close and i'd take him ahead of dak prescott that's where he is for me is five
1: i might take prescott in front of him uh as uh, I've been playing so much of this best ball that I, I can't get my head out of it. I think in a redraft league, uh, what I would do is go earlier quarterback uh, and, and get one of the guys that you mentioned balky or go later. So I don't see myself owning a lot of burrow, but that was not the question. I rate burrow exactly where you're rating him. Uh, and in the back of my mind, uh, there's always that uh, vicious, Bounce back year of Super Bowl uh, disappointment. The and, Super Bowl hangover. The Super yeah, Bowl loser hangover. Go. Yeah, and uh, so th- I don't necessarily think that's going to happen with this team, but
0: um, yeah, it always could. Um, and and uh, Hudson says his ranking um, is just like ours. Uh, that that that. Uh, so great minds. Hopefully, we're thinking like Ivy League professors. That's what we I want. Like to do. that. Um, all right, final, final email I have tonight. It's from Billy in Brentwood, New York. Do you guys, and I actually have a, uh, I have a fairly strong take on this. Do you guys think Traylon Burks or Drake London is going to make the better pro? Have a great weekend. That's Billy in Brentwood, New York. Okay, so Burks, and I think I brought this up on the show, a lot of people up here in Northeast Wisconsin um, want Burks as, as a Packer because they do see a lot of Devo Samuel uh, in Traylon Burks. Now, I don't think he is Debo Samuel. I think you, you have to use them properly. I don't necessarily know if, if um, uh, whoever drafts them is going to use them that way. Here's what I'm sure of, and I'd probably stake just about anything you want on this. I think there's almost no way Green Bay takes Traylon Burks in the first round. If you look at Brian Gutekunst, what he's done in the first round since he's taken over the GM for Green Bay, he's, he's really high on athletic freak type guys. You know, Darnell mm-hmm. Savage or Sean Gary, Eric Stokes, all these guys. Traylon Burks' relative athletic score, eight and a half, I think, is really good. Um, Traylon Burks didn't even crack six, and he didn't have a good combine. So I am totally down on Burks. Not that I love London so much better, but I'm just, I'm really nervous about Burks as a pro, Farrell.
1: I think you should be. Um, Let's talk about Brian Edwards, a Raider. There's the same kind of athleticism the same size of player and the same type of disappointing Uh, 40 at the combine, a big body running a 4.55. The play speed is faster on Burks. I think we can agree to that. I don't think he's a first-round receiver. I think he's a very good player, given the opportunity, uh, as we've talked about so often, to land in the right place. Let's talk about London. London is a player that has had to overcome adversity, uh, and it's it's probably a needed uh, uh, thing for him to humble him somewhat, I think he'll come to the league as a better teammate and a better player before he hasn't ran a 40 either. And he never had, because of his injury, he hasn't had any opportunity to prepare for it, but I'm willing to give him a pass because of what we saw in a pro-like body to move out on the field. You know, everybody talks, we have a good laugh about Claypool. Uh, London is the same kind of player when he runs out on the field for warmups, you say, man, who is that? And, and so, both these players should have significant opportunities to have very big NFL careers. London. I just, something about him looks typical prototype NFL ready with where we're going with big physical receivers. And so I think based on landing spot, of course, that this could be a big
0: red zone player from day one. Um, Yes. And and so I I guess to answer the the emailer's question, I am much more nervous about Traylon Burks than I am with Drake London. Yes. So I, I think Drake London make, does make the better pro um, going forward. Okay. So let's do one, one other thing. Cause we kind of teased it at the, at the start. Let's talk about Rashad Bateman just briefly. Okay. BaltimoreRavens.com had a report, um, a quote from Bateman saying that he's way more comfortable, way more relaxed. His words, not mine. Going into his second season, he says he knows what to expect. He knows how to move. He's excited for this year. Um, The health was Rashad Bateman's question uh, last year. He um, missed some time in training camp. First five games of the rookie season, he sat out because of a groin injury. When he came back, he still got 46 catches, 515 yards, and a touchdown in 12 games. Seven of those games with Lamar Jackson. Um, Now, Mark Andrews is going to have a lot of volume this year. Marquise Brown is obviously factoring into that. Um, and I think we talked about this with John Terry last week. I could be wrong. I think it was with John Terry last week um, when we talked about Rashad Bateman versus um, Marquise Brown. But Bateman, Farrell in the never too early wide receiver forty-eight by Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, and Robert Woods. And again, at that point in the eleventh round, um, I guess you could go for the higher upside, like a, a guy like Bateman or or Kirk who got the big deal, um, or even Robert Woods who. You know, put up big numbers, although they they might be neutered a little bit in Tennessee. But Bateman in the 11th round, I have no problem with it. I don't necessarily just know if I'm targeting him there.
1: I don't know if I'm targeting him, but if I have Lamar Jackson in best ball, then I want to get Bateman in the 11th round. And this is a quote, you know, this is a rare media report where you've got a lot of good quotes from the player. And what he's telling you is, he's not only was I a little bit behind mentally in being a rookie, but I couldn't get my body to do what I wanted it to do, and you could see that at times because he never really flashed during the season. If he gets an opportunity to be physically capable of being a better player, then we should see it in this offense. And and you know Andrews is a fantastic here. There really needs to be less Andrews. You know we love it as <laughs> fantasy players, but Andrews is just you know, yeah. I don't know. i I don't know if he can carry that load. He's been shackled by a lot of responsibility with this team. Uh, Lamar Jackson needs to uh, stay in the pocket, be comfortable in the pocket, and unload the ball. Hopefully, Bateman uh, provides that for him.
0: Um, hopefully, we provided the listeners and the and the viewers tonight with some good analysis. Um, and uh, and much thanks to you, Farrell, for uh, for hanging out. So, Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Obviously, we got the Draft Masters going on. The run to daylight uh, championship is also going on right now. Is that, is that the big one that, that you want to uh, send people to right now?
1: You know, I do. Uh, so the, the, uh, it's, it's been a little bit of a tepid response and we pretty, uh, I looked at the dates. We, we may have mistakenly put the dates in front of the draft. The ones after the draft are filling quickly. So perhaps that's where we can direct the listeners to, and we'll be moving. We have to have, we have to have eight divisions to get to our top two finishers, uh, to be added to the Sweet 16 which is what we largely call the league. It's an exciting 96 team uh $200 entry fee, $5000 grand prize. So it's a, it's a good thing to take a couple shots at and get uh, get your skills honed for the upcoming season. And Balky, you've had success at it. I love giving
0: that trophy to Balky, so I look forward to you uh and play. Absolutely. And this year, you'll from, from last year, you'll be giving the trophy to former guest of this show, the one the only Kevin Williamson, who won it yes. last year. Yes. So the keep in the high-stakes fantasy football hour family, which is all I care about. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll maybe I'll get it back this year and we'll go three in a row for HSFF now you're talking. <laughs> Farrell, thanks so much, man. We'll check all the games out at KFFSC.com. Follow you on Twitter at Jay Elliott at KFFSC. Be good. We'll do this again next week, man. See you oh, there, by, so- uh, next Wednesday. Uh-huh. Next Wednesday. Yeah. We'll be doing the show. I'll tell the listeners a little bit about that. Be good. We'll talk to you soon. Very good. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the commissioner, the boss, the head honcho over at uh, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Okay. So housekeeping. Let's clean things up here. Thanks to Mike Eisenberg for coming on tonight. Thanks for Farrell Elliott for co-hosting. Thanks to the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and Of course, each of you who have been uh, watching and listening, um, no matter if you're watching live or you know downloading, streaming later, what, what have you, we appreciate it. Um, if you want to uh, like and subscribe, I should get my daughter on. She always says this all the time. If you want to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell, that always helps us. We'll be able to do some cool things uh, the more subscribers we get. Uh, with the FFPC on YouTube. We'd appreciate that. Um, as I just said, we'll be back on Wednesday. We're not doing a show next Friday because, let's well, face it, we're all watching the NFL draft next Friday night. So we'll be back Wednesday, 10, 9 central. Our guest will be four-time FFPC Dynasty winner, Steve Paratori. Will, uh, will join us. Uh, he'll talk a little bit about the rookies. He'll talk a little bit about his dynasty philosophy as well. The 2022 FFPC Best Ball Tournament Grand Prize and Prize Pool got doubled this year. $200,000 grand prize, um, over a million bucks in the prize pool, and it's just $125 to enter. Those drafts start right after the NFL draft ends uh, on May 1st. Live pre and slow post NFL draft dynasty startups are available at myffpc.com. Two dynasty orphans left. Make sure you're scooping those up. MyFFPC.com slash dynasty for sale. The football guys early bird promo. Remember, what a week away from from football guys drafts as everybody chases um, the grand prize there. And you get a $35 uh, team added to your account when you draft uh, by the team by June 30th, drafted by July 15th. And of course, we're awarding a million bucks for the grand prize in the 2022 FFPC main event. $100 off your first team if you get in on the early bird. That'll also enter you into the pros versus Joe's um, uh, drawings. Uh, to see if you can compete for a free FFPC main event team uh, for next year. So make sure you're getting in on that, and $500 off each additional team there. Plenty of slow, live, and sit-and-go and and best ball options, not only at MyFFPC.com, but at KFFSC.com, where the Run the Daylight Championship is going on there as well. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it, and um, I, I guess there's nothing else to say, but officially, your weekend starts now.